Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. We are trying to achieve the result of seeing the gospel being ministered to every single individual, every single home, every single family, and it takes us doing something. We have a part to play when it comes to bringing the gospel to men and women that are in this area. Can I get an amen? We owe the world an encounter with God. Let me say that. We owe the world an encounter with God. But how can we do that if we ourselves are not encountering God every day? How can we bring this God, this Lord, this Father this Jesus who gives life to people that are dead, that brings healing to people that are sick, that brings wholeness to people that are broken, how can we do this if we ourselves are not experiencing the power of God on a daily basis? It's nearly impossible. So this gospel, this good news, not only is it a message, but it has power behind this message. We see that Jesus, he preached and he demonstrated. I said this last week. And that demonstration had power involved. There's power to save. Today you are saved because of the power of his word. You heard or you saw and it compelled you to give your life to Christ. There was power behind it. Today there's power to heal. I know people... And you may be one of those people that have seen the power of God or the manifestation of his word work in your life to see the evidence of healing. Meaning, I know people in this church that had cancer that are cancer-free. Come on. I know people that have had issues with their eyes, and God has healed them. We have seen God's power work, obviously, in the word of God. Everywhere Jesus went, people, when they had faith to come to him, well, they met his power. There is power to cast out demons. Come on, we still cast out demons today. You don't really hear much about it today, but we still do that. You know, Jesus gave us a great commission, and part of that was casting out demons. There is power today for you and me to take hold of, to use within our own individual life, but also when we come together as a congregation, and also when we go out there in this world, in this community. And it's so important that we are encountering God every single day. Can I tell you that Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith? Can I tell you that he is the Lord of lords? That he is the king of kings? That everything that you have need of is found in him? You know, we believe this to be true, but it has to first start before we give it to someone at an individual level. Because if individually, if ourselves, our own personal center of our life is not surrounded by the presence and the glory of God and encounter him every single day, just like Romans chapter 12 says, to renew your mind through the word of God, and this will cause what? Transformation. If we are not doing this, then it will be very difficult to bring people into what we have believed. Words are good. Knowledge is good. Understanding is great. We must need that. But we are spirit-filled, and there is power behind what we know. This is what sets us apart from the world, because there's a lot of knowledge out there. There's a lot of intelligent people, 
But we didn't come into this with intelligence. We didn't come into this with an understanding because there's some things in God, can I tell you, that you're not going to understand. But that's part of your faith walk. It's part of just trusting and believing in him. I don't know. But do, you, do you understand everything that happens that God's done in your life? Anybody? Of course you don't. You're not going to. That's part of the cost of following him. It's sometimes you won't understand because God will keep you in a hidden season sometimes when you don't like it. God will keep you from doing something. He will close doors in your life for a reason, and he will open other ones. And this is because he knows his purpose for your life better than you know your purpose for your life. This is the God we serve. It's the goodness and kindness of God that draws men to repentance. I mean, how does he do it? It's through his goodness. It's through his kindness that draws people like me and you to a place that we repent and turn our lives to him. God cannot fix what you fake. I said God cannot fix what you fake. You know, I feel like in the charismatic church, we use faith as a way to mask what's really going on in our life. I don't know about you, but I've seen this, and I've been in charismatic you know, church for pretty much my whole life. We use faith as a way to put on a mask from really saying what our issues are. The reality is we come to Jesus as we are, not when we're better. We don't come to Jesus once we're all cleaned up and doing fine. No, we come to him in our broken, in our sinful state, in our hurt, in our pain, and he will take that pain because he doesn't cause pain, but he will take that pain and he will turn it for good. So we get, a, we get an opportunity to come to the Father and not come in with ego and with pride, because that's usually what we do. But we come with the heart of humility, humbling ourselves before him. You know, it says to come, blessed are the poor in spirit. When's the last time that you just come to God just in that lowly form, just not poor, like in, we always think of like poverty as in a sense of, Financial, no, it's coming to him in a poor in spirit, lowly, humble, coming to God, saying, God, I need you. You know, think about the last prayers you prayed this week. How many words did you say? Probably a lot, right? You know, as you continue to mature, and I've noticed myself as a mature in God and Christ, that I say less now than I did before. Because I know he already knows everything that I have need of. Isn't that what he says? So how do I come to him? I come to him with thanksgiving. I come to him with praise. I come to him knowing that, really, I just, I want to be with him. I come to the realization in my life recently, and I say recently, literally just recently, that God wants to know me. And you say, well, how did you just come that recently? Because, honestly, I've been going to church my whole life. I am a pastor's kid I grew up in church since I was five years old. I'm 32 years old, so I've been in church a pretty long time. I've seen everything you can see with, when it comes to church. You know, I've always told that church was a revolving door, and now that I'm older, I see that. <laughs> it's true. You know, I've seen people get mad and upset and leave. I've seen people stay and be committed. I've seen the whole spectrum of it all. And I can tell you to this day, the, the only thing that truly matters is how you come to God. How you open up your heart to him. Because if you can come to God and you can open up your life and say, God, use me. I'm telling you right now, 
you won't get offended, or actually you probably will get offended, but you won't stay offended if I can say it that way. You will get offended. <laughs> That's just part of it. I mean, let's be real. Who hasn't been offended in church? All of us have. But it's how are you going to stay offended. <laughs> it's how you handle it. See, God can't fix what you fake. We must know him to experience the transformational work of his word in our life. You got to know him to experience him. And we have to get to a place, and that place is his presence. Today, I'm preaching on for the sake of the gospel, I live in his presence. I live in his presence. See, to be in his presence, the literally definition of it, to be in presence means this. To be close enough to see and hear. To be close enough to see and hear him. So we, when we are in the presence of God, we are able not only to see him, but also hear him. And what is this doing? Well, this is causing an influence within our life. This is causing us to say, you know what? There is something greater than the thing that's in this world, and that is Jesus. No weapon formed against me can prosper or shall prosper. You come to the realization that scripture is not just words. But it actually is life, it is power, and it works. When you receive it, when you hunger for it, when you thirst for it, when you put it in you. You know, we don't just come to church just to memorize Bible stories, memorize scriptures. You know, I, I remember growing up, we remembered, like, we did Sunday school. That was really big back then. And Sunday school was literally, like, memor memorizing stories, memorizing scripture, memorizing the books of the Bible. I can tell you how many books of the Bible. I can sing the song to you if I had to. I'm, I'm, it's in me. But do you know that didn't do anything for me? I had a whole bunch of knowledge. But until I got in his presence at around 15, 16 years old, when I really experienced the power of God, it changed my life. It changed me. I knew at that age when I experienced him that, like, I knew he was real by faith. But when I encountered him, the tangible feeling of, in the presence of God, it changed me. It wrecked me, if I could say it that way. So... For the sake of the gospel, we live in his presence. God wants you to know him. He wants you to know him. And the only way you can know him is by coming to him. It says in Psalms chapter 16, verse 11, Psalms chapter 16, verse 11, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. It says that you make known to me the path of life. If you don't know him, if you're not with him, you're not going to know the path that you should take. You will have dysfunction, you will have deception, and you will be distracted. These are three areas the enemy will use to get you off of following after the will of God for your life. It says, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. So when we are in his presence, you get full. This past couple of days, we had, like, as Americans, we celebrate Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving is very similar to Christmas where you eat so much food, you can't hardly walk. I don't know. Have you ever had a Christmas meal where you just go into a food coma after the second plate and you have to sleep? I noticed that all the older men are falling asleep on the couch when we're watching football. 
Just saying. I'm not my dad will be that he'd be snoring. I'm like, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. What are you doing asleep? And he just got done eating a whole bunch of food. But then they go back again later on in the evening, right? This is how it is when we come in the presence of God. And can I tell you that this happens daily? You're so full of God that it affects you. So rather than the struggle and the situations and the things that's going on in life affecting you, not saying that they're absent and that they're not fact and happening within life, because they are. But you're so full in Christ and full of his word and full in his presence that you are able to stand even in those moments of valley moments, moments that you don't like, moments that you don't understand, because that is part of your spiritual development as a Christian. Do you know the greatest thing as Christians that you have is development? And do you know that will never stop? You're never too young and you're never too old. But for some reason, we get to a place where we think we know it all because we have allowed church to become common to us. We get to a place where it's so common that we actually stop growing because we come expecting the same thing to happen. Three songs, offering, message, altar, we're out. Food, see you next Sunday. We've gotten to this routine where it's just normal. And it has distracted us and deceived us as thinking that it's about us. In Psalm chapter 27, verse 4, it says this, 27, verse 4, One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. One thing that I have asked for the Lord that I will seek after, that I may be able to dwell in his house. We come into this place to dwell because we know that God is here. God is here to work in your life. David understood this. See, you signed up for lifelong development. And this comes from being filled with the desire of being hungry and thirsty and being hungry and thirsty again and again. If you get to a place where you're not hungry and thirsty for the things of God that is not on him, that is on you. Because he has new mercies every morning. God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He does not change. God is still able to do what he did in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and also in your life today. This is the God we serve. See, the center of the gospel isn't about self-fulfillment, but it's about self-denial. The center of the gospel is not about self-fulfillment. And we have allowed ourselves and the church to get to this place where we think this is about us. It's not about you. It's about Coming to the realization and the understanding is self-denial. What did Jesus say? Deny yourself. Carry your cross and follow me. We know if you've been serving God for a period of time or an extensive length of time, you know that you've probably been disappointed many times when it comes to your prayer life or when it comes to you applying God's word and not seeing it work, right? You've probably been disappointed a couple of times. But you got to understand that Jesus 
is the way, that Jesus is the truth, and Jesus is the life. See, there's a way that seems right to a man. Let me read that to you. It's in Psalms 40, verse 2, or sorry, uh, Proverbs 14, 12. It says, and this is the amplified version, there is a way that seems right to a man, and it peers straight before him, but its end is the way of death. See, there's a lot of things that we think that we should do. Do you know that if you pray long enough what you want, God will disagree with you? If you pray a certain way and you just say, God, I want this, God, I want this, God, I want this, 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 I believe this is God, God just gets to let you go to it. All right, whatever, do your thing. You obviously don't want to hear me. We have to get to the place where we align ourselves with his word and align ourselves with his voice. And that comes from not coming, talking, and saying, you know, constantly having to communicate within our prayer life, but coming to listen. It's difficult, I know. See, his way is greater than your way. His truth is greater than your truth. And if you can understand that his truth is greater, that means that, look, we all have opinions. We all have preferences. That's the beauty of his church. That's the beauty of people. But we come to this place with one purpose, to be in the same mind, to be in the same spirit, and the same judgment. And that only happens through his transformational work of his word working in your life. It's the only way it works. Because if you do it any other way, you will always disagree with someone and then end up hating them and end up having an offense towards them. You will get to a place where you can't see them properly through the blood. Because can I tell you something? We are brothers and sisters through the blood of Christ. You are my blood sister, my blood brother through Jesus. Do you know that one day we are going to be in heaven worshiping God together? So why would I talk bad about you and why would you talk bad about me? We see this in the body of Christ. Church is eating each other up, man. It's crazy. We got to be careful on how we talk. Smith Wigglesworth said this. We're talking about being in his presence. I, can't I cannot understand God by feelings. I understand God the Father by what the Word says about him. He is everything the Word says he is, so get acquainted with the Father through the Word. So we can't understand God by our feelings. And feelings, we allow those things to be the indicator of how God is working and moving in our life. We allow feelings to be the source. Is God really working in my life? Is he actually, you know, I don't feel him. We even come to church and say, you know, I just don't feel God right now. I didn't really like that song. You know, I didn't really like that message. I didn't feel it. But we can't live by feelings because can I tell you that not every moment in your life is a honeymoon moment. If you've been married, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It gets common sometimes. There's these days where you're just praying that you can stay married, man. There's these days where you're just feeling like you can just go to work because it becomes so mundane, so just every status quo. And there are days like that when you're serving God, but you have an opportunity and a choice to see or to make how you will see and experience God that day. You can't go by your feelings because feelings will lie to you. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. So how do we live? We live, just like the Bible says, and like Jesus told Satan, we live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Look, 
We need natural bread, but you need something more important. That's that spiritual bread. That's the word of God. We are Christians. And it's just like naturally we have to eat food in order to survive and not starve to death. We have to do it when it comes to his word. You might know some spiritually starving Christians, and you can see it by the life that they live and by the fruit that they produce. And see, we have to be careful that we don't get to a place where we're spiritually starving because this world needs an encounter with God, and it's up to me and you to do it. So we have to be spiritually strong and full, and if I could say it this way, spiritually fat so that we can bring this world an encounter with God. So how do we keep ourselves from spiritual stagnation? Hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirst. Eagerly pursuing after the Father. It's only the spiritual minded that can understand spiritual things. We must hide ourselves in Christ. And through hiding ourselves in Christ, being content... Not only will you see yourself develop and grow, but that's also where you'll see yourself be promoted. Because we've got a lot of people trying to self-promote themselves. I'm actually not ready for that yet. Sorry, buddy. We've got a lot of people that try to self-promote themselves, but it ends up going a bad way. Do you know that God did not create you to have a platform? Do you know that when you die and go to heaven, not, there's not going to be a platform for you? We're all the same. He didn't give you a platform on this earth. That's not what he created you for. No, he created an altar for you to come to. But for some reason, we as men and women, we've allowed the system of this world to get in our way of life as Christians, which rightfully so because we are so influenced by it daily. But we got to get to a place where the word of God, the presence of God is the main influence and source of life. See, God uses your seasons of your life, and he will use those seasons, even hidden seasons, to develop you. There's going to be hidden seasons in your life, and there are going to be places where you don't understand. There's going to be times when you question yourself and you even question God. But if you will see that this hidden season is a place for development, I'm kind of preparing you for what I'm going to preach next week, but... In Luke chapter 2, and you don't have to go there, before Jesus started his ministry, it said that Jesus grew. Those 30 years of his life before the three and a half years of ministry, he grew. If Jesus had to grow, why don't we? If Jesus, the Son of God, perfect, this man, that three and a half years changed the course of humanity. Humanity had to grow. We have to as well. See, our desire should be to make him known. And where his presence leads, we follow. Do you know that every single place that you go, every single territory, every single atmosphere, every place on this earth that God is with you, he's with you. You have authority in Christ. So you don't have to worry about getting people that don't know Christ and they're sinners. Now, sometimes I feel like as Christians, like, oh, I can't be around those people because they might influence me. Then that means the influence from the word of God, you have not allowed it to come into you and to do its work in you yet. Because you should be at a place where you are spiritually mature enough to be able to go around people that are unbelievers and bring them in to what we know 
as this gospel, this good news. Because look, if I was to ask you today, can you tell me three or even one person that you know that's not a Christian that you are daily talking to or weekly talking to? Because there should be someone that you know that's not a Christian that you are ministering to. You know, I'm not necessarily talking to where you're having full, like, these discussions on uh, Jesus' things, but just someone that you're ministering to, that you're loving on. Because if you're not, then what are you doing? That would tell me that it's about self. It's about getting what I want. And we got to understand that when we come in this, we're not seeing God. Let me say it this way. I have the perfect word. Do you find God to be beautiful or useful? In that scripture, I said, one thing I've asked of the Lord in Psalms 27, 4, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to gaze. David was in awe of the beauty of the Lord. And we get to this place sometimes where we see him, but we more just want to use him. Is God beautiful or is he useful? See, we can't get to a place where God's presence gets common. We got to get to a place where the sacred is sacred. Go to chapter, or Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah 6. And in verse 4. I'm going to try to push through this. And it says in Isaiah 6, 4, And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost. Another translation says, For I am ruined. Isaiah was ruined in the presence of God, or he was lost. Because it says, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. He saw the King, the Lord of hosts, and he was in awe, but he was ruined by his presence. And I believe we need to get to a place where we're ruined by God's presence. Now, ruined not in a negative connotation, obviously, but it's saying, wow, (laughs) God is here. See... There's two things that happen in the presence of God. The first thing is this, an undoing. Anytime you ask God to do something, this is the first thing he will do. Undo what you have done so he can build you up to where he is. God has to untrain a lot of things that you've been trained to do. Can we all agree? And it's difficult. But God has to get you to a place where he can undo Everything that you've learned, a lot of things, and then teach you and train you and build you up to where he is, where his word is. And God doesn't need your help. He just needs your participation. He needs your obedience. See, Isaiah had a revelation of the temple of God's presence filling the temple. You see, and this is an Old Testament picture showing a New Testament reality, which is the church. And we got to get to a place where we say it's not about feeling 
God's presence, but it's about knowing his presence. See, the older you get, the less spiritual moments feel spiritual. The more you're in Christ, again, you get so used to things that when you do see spiritual moments, they don't feel as spiritual. They just kind of feel normal. See, God is trying to get you to a place where you're past your shallowness of feelings. If we allow feelings to be the directive within our life, we'll always go to another church when we don't like what's happening. We'll always speak something negative of somebody and be critical. And we have to get to the place where we're not saying, I don't feel God, because feelings are like a caboose of a train and your spirit is the conductor. Your feelings will catch up to the declaration of your life. See, if you walk around and just continue to talk about your feelings, or sorry, if you walk around talking about your feelings, you're going to have those feelings. What you talk is what you become. If you live feeling-led instead of spirit-led, then you will have this form of humanism, which is happening within the culture of today, instead of being spirit-filled. So you got to get to a place where your feelings have to be disciplined into obedience. You got to discipline your feelings. And you got to understand that what we do is not normal in society. So you can't go off of what society does. So if the first place you go to in trouble and in pain is to a Google post or is to Facebook or is to the news, or is it someone that does not have God in them? I would encourage you to go to the Word. Go to God because He's the one that will satisfy and fulfill you. Because all they will do is tell you the opposite of what God's Word says. And I'm going to finish with this. In John chapter 13, verse 7, this is the story of Jesus washing, washing the feet of Jesus, or the disciples. Jesus is washing the feet of the disciples. And in verse 7, man, he says something that this is for everybody. Like, it is, it's so profound. He says, what I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. The Son of Man came to serve, not be served. See, God has given every single one of you spiritual gifts. And it's not for you or for your glory, but it's for the people. And it's for his glory. If you think it's about you, you will try to build a platform about you and you will miss the altar. You will miss what God can do in your life. And it won't sustain very long. It won't last long. This isn't just about giving you stuff but it's about taking stuff out of your life. It's about changing you and transforming you. See, we pray and ask God to work, and then he doesn't, and then we end up holding our worship hostage to him. We get to a place where we're disappointed. But see, even in your lack of understanding, lack of knowledge, and times when God is working in your life, can I tell you that he's working maybe 
that you don't know yet, but maybe five years down the road, you'll see like, wow, God did that for a reason. And this is what he was telling the disciples. I'm working. You don't understand right now, but later you will. He was giving them like a picture, an example of how they were to live. And God's doing the same today. He's saying, you know what? Maybe it's time to wait. Hold off. And you're pushing and you're really wanting it to happen. You're disappointed too. And you're trying to make it work. And God's like, no, wait, I know. I know what's best for you. See, this is what happens when we are in his presence. It undoes us. It changes us. Next time you are disappointed because something did not work in your life, take a moment and reflect on John chapter 13. See, when you're in his presence, all unanswered questions will be consumed by his fire, by his anointing. See, part of, your, part of the cost of your fellowship with Christ is that you'll have unanswered questions go unanswered. That's just part of it. And we're okay with that. See, God kept the generation of Israelites out of the promised land because of one thing. They're grumbling and complaints. And if we're not careful as a church and as people, men and women of God, because of the grumbling, the disappointments, and the complaints, it can stop us from entering into what God has for you. We have to learn how to serve God in the valley and in the mountain because it's not always a mountain life. (laughs) If you've been serving God for any period of time, you know that to be true. And see, what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. And if you feel your season is wasted right now, it's not because of him. It's because of how you see and perceive that season to be. Because that season is right where you need to be. Because that's going to help you grow and develop into what God's called you to be. And he will turn that pain. He will turn that disappointment. He will take what you are going through. And he will make you stronger. You will recognize how good he is in every moment. He is just as faithful in your sorrow and pain as he is in your shout and praise. So in conclusion, as we live in his presence, not only does it change our life at an individual level, but it changes the body to when we come into this house you encounter God in a supernatural way. And then the next step, it affects at a communal level, the community. And this is what we're here for, is to be individually transforming every single day in the word of God and growing and developing in him and doing it corporately as a church to when we go out and we minister and we share the message of the gospel, that it is evident. People can see that there's something different about you. They can see the presence of God in you. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.